Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning and welcome to the Get Better Wellness Radio Show. Today is March 21st and we are coming to you live from Chicago. I have a few special guests with me today and our topic is um, how do we do this real food thing on a budget? How do we do it with large families? And I have a few um, people who are in the trenches with me today. Um, so let me just say hello to Kathy and Renee. Hi there. Hi, Erin. Let me introduce you. Kathy Welsh is wife to John, and she's a homeschooling mom. Six kids, um, ages 12 down to four. And so she has a lot of responsibility not only for their education and as a mom for the nutrition of the family, um, but some health challenges uh, recently have just brought this, you know, front and center for her, and, and I'll have Kathy tell her story in a little bit. Um, but she has a bachelor's degree in nutrition and a master of science in exercise physiology, but some of the information that we learn in school, you know, we begin to question, and that's what Kathy did. Like, why do the current nutrition recommendations um, from leading health organizations don't really fit with the physiology that we're learning. So over the past three years, um, Kathy worked uh, on figuring this out and transitioning her family to a real food diet. So um, now Renee is also, Renee Yo is also a homeschooling mom with three kids. And her kids are a little bit older, 11, 15, and 17. And she and her husband are passionate about building a legacy for the next generation. So they're very actively involved in helping their children, all three of them, um, build their own businesses around things that um, they have passions for and talents that God has given them in these different areas. So Renee is, um, has spoken to various women's groups on um, various topics, and she is currently just uh, active in our um, health community here in northern Illinois, and she is a major coordinator for some health seminars that we put on routinely. And a little plug for the seminar tonight, we, if you're in the Lake County, Kenosha, Wisconsin area, we have Dr. Josh Axe coming to speak tonight, um, March 21st, 7 p.m., at Calvary Church on Stern School Road. So if you need more details, you can email me, Erin, at GetBetterWellness.com. So um, let me just briefly say what prompted this particular podcast, and then I'd like to hear um, Renee and Cal Kathy tell their story. So I got an email from a listener, Ruth, Hi, Ruth. I hope you'll be listening. <laughs> and she's 53 and her husband is 59. They actually had been vegetarians for over 15 years. And then um, they began to have health issues. Um, and as, as it was, she came upon my podcast on iTunes last fall and started listening to this information that was different than what she thought was, you know, a healthy diet as far as being a vegetarian. So um, she has only in the last few months put 
some of this knowledge into practice. So this is what she said. I was not aware of just how processed corn oil, canola, and safflower oil are. And also, I recently found that I was eating all the wrong carbs and not eating enough vegetables. So yes, if you're a vegetarian not eating vegetables, that happens all the time. You're really a, a pastatarian or a <laughs> carbitarian that's maybe grains. <laughs> So it was an eye-opener that uh, for her. She said, our whole grains are not as beneficial as one's thought because they all break down into sugar. So whoo-hoo, Ruth is listening. <laughs> so she said, I'm reading everything I can get my hands on. We now know that we, in fact, exchanged the animal products for starches and processed oils instead of vegetables. So now she's eating uh, fresh foods, the salads, the vegetables, um, and, you know, free-range eggs, and those things are continuing to, you know, just change in her house. But um, even saying this, you know, she started out feeling well on the vegetarian diet because when you move from, you know, a standard American diet to vegetarian, there are some benefits initially, and it's a great cleansing diet. But as we see, oftentimes, um over time, the health begins to decline. And so this mom uh, is a homeschooling mom. They have six children and lots of boys, five of them boys, big boys, 16 to 22, and they're on one income. So her question was about the budget. It doesn't really allow for a lot of specialty foods. And um, so because of their health issues, they realized um, – Specifically as vegetarians, they were starting to have skin issues, weight issues, um, and they just felt like things needed tweaking. So now they are moving into incorporating animal foods, taking out the junk oils and processed foods. So she said, may I ask you to consider offering tips on how to introduce this type of eating with a large family, a limited budget, and teens? So that's where Kathy and Renee come to play. So <laughs> Let me ask Renee, um, can you just give us your your story of how did you get here? How did you be, not how did you get here, but how did you become eating a real food, <laughs> eating real food and teaching your family and holding seminars now? <laughs> mm. Yes, thanks Erin. I um I got here because the standard American diet just um didn't work and unfortunately I didn't know that there was another way. I um in, in my heart of hearts, I think I did know. I grew up with a, a mom who was uh, uh, from Europe, and she uh, came here when she was an adult. And so her, the only thing she knew how to do was to give us real food. We always had a garden. We always had um, uh, her cooking, and um, and it was just it was real food. And I remember being rather embarrassed when I was uh, in um, junior high, um, being the only child that was eating real food in their lunches, you know, because my mom would always pack our lunch. So, um, but what I did notice that by the time I was in eighth grade that I got the, uh, I got an award that the school district gave me for never missing a day of school and never being sick. So um, it was kind of funny. I just thought that was normal because that, you know, being sick was not part of my growing up. Um, I never connected it necessarily to food at the time. Um, but anyway, when I got married and started having children, unfortunately, I never really, um, I never really connected uh, that 
my lifestyle growing up prevented me from being sick and gave me good health. And so as a busy mom who, you know, new to motherhood and trying to, you know, sh- you know, just trying to get everything kind of straightened out in my life, I just I just gravitated toward the standard American diet without really realizing it and just trying to f- feed my husband and then my children as they were growing up we just did and so um it didn't work well uh it it just it didn't work well and because i um was really committed to the health of my children i noticed that especially my oldest daughter her health was declining and she had a lot of problems um with with um what now i could look back and i realized were food sensitivities and uh possibly allergies and so we went down that road to um figure out what was wrong with her, and in God's good grace, um, he reconnected me to real food by letting me um, be in touch with Erin. Erin and I have a friendship that is long-lasting, and I found out she was um, doing classes on real food, and she hooked me up to some important websites and different things to help me recognize that I uh, I needed to get back to what I always knew to be true, and that is real food, and that has changed the course and direction of our life. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And, you know, however you came to this message, sometimes it is through a health crisis. That's my story. That's, you know, Renee's story. And so, you know, I just thank God for that because I would still be sitting there with my Fritos and diet co Actually, it was real Coke. <laughs> but it was junk food. I would be eating that because I didn't care. I thought, you know, even though I was, you know, my undergrad work was in biology and chemistry, I really never connected the importance of food and just ate whatever I want. But then, you know, that course changed when health became an issue. So, Kathy, tell us um, your story and how you have come to this place of real food. Yeah, thank you so much, Erin. Well, as you had mentioned, you know, I had always had an interest in nutrition, uh, so much so that for a, a time I made it my life's career. But what I found even then is that um, so many of the people that I was dealing with, we were on the treatment end of the spectrum where once the people had had really the devastating impact of these chronic diseases, then we were stepping in to teach them how to eat. (laughs) And um, it did improve a little bit, but as I had said, so much of what we had learned in traditional medical-type schools was not really seeming to jive what I learned in my physiology class. I remember back being in my um, my master's program, and we were learning about the body's metabolism of fats, and and this was at the time where they were starting to switch out all of the saturated fats with a lot of the polyunsaturated fats that are highly processed. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't see how this is going to be really good. I I just sense that in the years to come, we're going to see a real increase in the amount of cancer and heart disease. And I I couldn't, you know, put exactly my finger on it at the time, but as I've come to learn just through, as Renee had said, um, listening to you and being privileged to be in on some of your early classes, which um, I really benefited from, and kind of helped me to take that turn and say, aha, this is what really makes sense. And this was about three years ago. 
Um, by then, my husband and I had already had six children, and I'd always tried to be somewhat conscious about what they ate and um, give them healthier foods growing up. But as with many people, life became really busy, and we fell back into some of those older patterns. But about three years ago, my husband experienced a, kind of a renewal of an initial health crisis he'd had at a young, the young age of 27. He had had ulcerative colitis so severely that he had major surgery in order to deal with it. But he had maintained fairly well for the next 18 years, pretty much eating what he liked until about three years ago when he had a health crisis and a reoccurrence of it to a pretty severe de um, degree. So that was when a friend passed along the maker's diet to my husband, and it kind of started this family revolution that began with him, but then a year later, my son, eight going on nine at the time, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And then just recently, in the past six months, I've had some blood pressure issues. So when I say that these health crises have really brought real food to the front and center, um, it really has been transforming for our family. Uh, my husband is doing very well. Uh, the Lord chose to heal him through those changes, and he has not had a recurrence and is feeling well. And my son Daniel is learning how to manage his diabetes to the best of his abilities with the real food so that in the future he doesn't have those chronic things that can happen with that type of disease. And I'm still on the road, but Aaron's been helping me and I'm I'm making great progress. So that's where we're at. Great. Thank you, Kathy. And um you know, all these challenges, it's it's great to know that your husband, John, has um, been healed. And through yeah. making these changes that, you know, the surgery was a sort of Band-Aid for him, but, mm -hmm. you know, people with ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, all these issues can be made better if not reversed. And getting a hold of this information is vital. And I do have a, a story on my blog of a gal who took my class um, you know, a few months ago, I think it was the fall, and in the first class asked me, um, can I just ask a question? Do you think food has anything to do with IBS? <laughs> and in my head thinking, is this a trick question? <laughs> you know, and because for five years she had been to various doctors who said, oh, food has nothing to do with it. Don't worry about what you eat. Here's your medication. And she was, you know, having lots of issues. And so I... Uh, you know, suggested, yes, food has everything to do with it. And so she followed the um, plan, got on the real food diet, took out gluten, and lo and behold, you know, was made well. So it is powerful, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, we can be healed with, with these good foods. So having all that by way of introduction, we're going to just get real specific now. So for the listeners who want to know how to do this real food thing on a budget, you might want to grab a paper and pen because we're going to be giving you lots of ideas that you'll be able to incorporate um, to be able to make this a reality in your life. 
So even just in researching for this call, this podcast, I came across something on Paleo Hacks. You know, that's where people ask questions and answer them in, in the group. And and um, the person was really angry. <laughs> they wanted to do this, but all the suggestions they were being given really fit with somebody who has a better income than they did. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, you know, is this grass-fed uh, organic, paleo, primal, real food, free-range, wild-caught, fresh and local. It's so overwhelming, and it just seems so expensive. So what was your impression when you first started learning about this? And I'll start with Renee. Yes, I, I relate to that. Um, to that, I understand uh, we had a, a, a budget. Uh, we always had uh, limited resources, of course, as many, many people do. And uh, when we first started transferring our, when we changed our diet and started to uh, replace some of our traditional foods with, um, or mainstream, mainstream foods with real food, it is a sticker shock. Um, it is indeed a sticker shock. I, I was used to, um, you know, just kind of knowing uh, what my budget was every week and kind of being able to stick with it. I you do that for a number of years and you get in a routine and it, it you know, you just it's hard to get out of that. Um I will tell you one thing that I learned early. I realized and this is in the beginning we were just trying to help my daughter, my oldest, she's now seventeen, help her to have find healing. And so um for us that transition was more just for the the one person in the house and the rest of us were pretty much not, I didn't feel like we could really transition all of us. Number one, it was a big transition, just a big paradigm shift for my whole family to not have their favorite um, ranch Doritos or um, sodas or whatever else we had in our diet at the time. Um, But I knew that, I I knew well enough that I was was not willing to let my daughter's health um, be a factor. So we were going to do whatever it took. And if real food was it, which I really believed it was, then I would be willing to spend the money, uh, extra money, to uh, make sure that her food was going to be healing. But in the course of that um, decision that we make to to do that for her, I found that it was very difficult to do both traditional, mainstream, standard American diet shopping, and on top of that, you know, try to find for one person, you know, the beef that they need and the um, real raw raw foods that they need and um, be able to do that well. And uh, so I came to a crisis. I thought, well, how do I help heal my daughter and feed the rest of my family? And what I came to find out was it is really difficult to do both. Um, I had to have a paradigm shift in my mind. And I was at the store. I was at Walmart where I shopped almost once a week. Sometimes I would have to take a second trip in there. And I was um, going through the aisles like I normally do, and my son's favorite cereal is Raisin Bran, but, of course, our budget, we couldn't get the the brand name Raisin Bran that he likes. So I found that Walmart had this big, super-sized, family-sized bag, and it was only $3.99 instead of $4.29. And as I took it into my cart, I remember thinking, $3.99, that is a lot of money for a week's worth of cereal. And it just there was just a moment where I said, what if I stopped getting this junk, which is what it was, and I started investing that into real food? What if we could really, as a family, do this? And um, I 
I, I, I didn't buy all the things that I normally buy at Walmart that particular day. And I really started praying about it. I said, Lord, I think we're all needing this. I know it's it's my daughter, Kelsey, who needs it most, but let me just let me just see what, what we can do here. And what we ended up doing is incorporating um, real food for all of us. And in a matter of months, what happened was, was that I um, noticed that um, the food that I used to purchase started to become really expensive in my mind because it meant that it was an expense, it was money that I could not have now for my ground, uh, my, uh, my grass-fed beef and for my, um, for my uh, cultured dairy and for all the things that I knew were really good for us and um, for all the fresh produce. And I noticed that um, it, it started bothering me that I would spend um, at all, I think, you know, uh, Sometimes I would try to catch the sales on sodas, and those started becoming really expensive to me. And once I got those out of our cart and I started transferring our, our buying habits to to real food, another thing happened that I would never have guessed, but that was we started eating less. Because as you know, high-carb high dieting, which is what we didn't know we were doing, <laughs> but we did, high carbs really do um, a, a number to want to make you hungry all the time and that was my family and when we started eating real food and started enjoying beef and um, protein at every meal and having our carbs come from vegetables like Erin taught us we noticed that we were so satiated and my husband was probably the biggest eater of our family and um, and he just enjoyed his his food and he went from eating ravenously uh, um, when he came home to having such a little portion that it almost I almost thought he was not feeling well. Of course, now that's almost two years later, and I can tell you he's more fit today and feeling better today than he's ever felt in his life, and he'll tell you that himself. And he does it on such such a less quantity of food, but because his food is satiating and his food is nutritionist, that is what is um, able to um, really hold him um hold him so anyway that is um for us that was a big transition a big paradigm shift but it was a huge one and we have found that our budget we are still budget friendly um by eating real food we just make better choices right and we'll get into those specifics of how you are budget friendly with buying this food but you know that's an important point that as you move things out of your cart like the soda chips you know mac and cheese cookies all that uh, processed stuff coming out of factories, then you free up new money to buy better food, which is going to be more filling and satiating. And so you eat less. And I hear people say that all the time, that they were surprised. You know, in the beginning, while you're restocking your kitchen, there's some extra cash going out, it seems like. But um, but but it does um, make sense that you're going to buy less and be able to, you know, still stay within your budget. So, Kathy, when you made the reality that for John, um, at least, that you needed to get going on different foods, um, did you have that same sticker shock that Renee described? <laughs> um, I yes, I did. Um, he more so even than I. <laughs> Um, just being the provider of the family, but um, he knew that he needed to make that change. And we followed a very similar route to the Yo family, um, being that he was the one that really needed healing, 
Um, I was cooking differently for him and sending him to work with different foods, and he was restocking his shelves at work with healing, nutritious food. Um, But as a family, and this was at a time where the recession had kind of just hit, so it, it hit us pretty hard to have to make these changes. But we just knew that if he didn't get well, that was far more vital to our family than anything else we would need to give up. And so um, we invested in that, and as he started to feel better, um, God really sparked just that interest that had kind of always been there in me to make those changes over. And God was, you know, gracious enough to start to get us involved in this healthy living community that we have here with some of the seminars that you do and Renee um, coordinates. So there began to be more than just us trying to do it alone. So I started to learn how to make things with other flowers that didn't have gluten and wheat in them because, you know, having little kids, they do tend to like like the bread type things. So being able to find those alternatives for them made the switch over a little bit easier. Um, but then also just being a part of that community, as my son then was diagnosed, and we obviously had to become just much more conscientious and structured, we were able to band together with that community to buy some things in bulk and just learning to shop at different places and acquire our food sources from different sources other than just going down kind of the standard grocery aisle. But um, we're not totally there yet. I still have one pretty strong holdout as a child. (laughs) But um, even he is getting there. And so it's kind of an exciting transition. Yesterday, not yesterday, the day before I was eating an avocado and put a little bit of turmeric on it and some real salt. And my four-year-old said, Mommy, can I have some of that avocado? I love avocado. And honestly, before that, I had to beg him to eat avocado. So it was kind of funny to me that in his mind that had changed and he was now begging for it. And he ate half my avocado and we had to open a new one. Uh, slice up a new one, which I was really excited about. And today we made a green drink, and um, you know, tastes were going all around. So it, it does. It's a mind shift, and as you become more appreciative of the food, and it really is more satisfying. We've definitely found that. Great, and um, that you know, it's a mind shift, but it's also a taste bud shift too mm-hmm. that if you can't imagine eating an avocado with turmeric and salt <laughs> you know you just haven't lived and this has become part of um, my you know day after listening to um, Dr. Stephen Gundry cardiologist say you know this is what he has found through his research to be you know very beneficial for health and heart is eating an avocado a day and um, he consumes half a liter of olive oil per week. So now I'm putting olive oil on my avocado and, you know, some homegrown sprouts and things like that. So the taste buds change when we get the processed food out. They wake up and real food that you thought you didn't like all of a sudden tastes amazing. You know, I was, the only vegetables I ate was, you know, uh, carrot, 
baby carrots and iceberg lettuce pretty much and and I even had to force that down and it usually came in the form of a Big Mac so to mm-hmm. see what has happened and how my own tastes have trans transitioned it's all because uh, they were dead <laughs> processed food mm-hmm. kills them and too much sugar so let's just get a little bit more specific um, let's talk about where we shop so here in our area we have, you know, a few typical grocery stores, Walmart, um, and our favorite local store is Woodman's. Mine, anyways, I shouldn't speak for you. So tell me, what do you buy at the grocery store? Because I know we're going to talk about all the different places that you buy. So, um, Renee, why don't you start with some of the things that you buy, and do you ever buy anything at Walmart or the local grocery store? It's funny, I... um I, it was a transition for me, so um, it's, it was interesting to me. The other day I was going uh, driving um, down a road that was taking me by our Walmart, and um, I just remember thinking, when was the last time I was in there? And, and I couldn't think of, of a time. I, I was struggling to think. I think I was in there for batteries or light bulbs, like maybe um, back in January or around the holidays. But I um, I had a chuckle because that used to be my everyday or not every day but every every week trip and um, I was just so thankful that I didn't have any needs at Walmart <laughs> for our, for our family's food any longer and I was I was just it was it hadn't really dawned on me because like I said this was a transition in the beginning I was still trying to do some things and not others and and over the course of time it turns out that it, we were supposed to satisfied and so um, happy with how we're feeling and eating that um, we don't really go to traditional shopping anymore and it saves and that's not a a cost that many of us would consider um, as far as our budget goes at least I didn't I never considered the cost that it would take me not only time but the cost of, of gas and that kind of thing going going there every week and it's wonderful. Most of my shopping personally and I know that Kathy might have something different here, but most of my shopping um outside of fresh produce, I do most of everything else online. Um there are a couple of great resources that I have found to be really great cost savers. Um one of them is Amazon. Um who who knew that Amazon has groceries, right? But mm-hmm. I have found that a lot of the products that we we incorporate um, require us to, um, to you know, find our kitchen again. I am fortunate to have a daughter who loves um, to um, to create new um, wonderful recipes, and she was the daughter that is now 17, and she was the one that we got on this on this real food diet in the, to begin with. It was her health that was um, really in jeopardy, and uh, God has used that to really um, just um, give her a whole new wonderful gift and, and talent of cooking and um, creating new recipes for our family, which we're very blessed to have. Erin can give you her blog site if um, if, if she's interested in, in passing that on. But um, because of that, we she 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 was using the kitchen more than I ever did. And um, and so with that requires, you know, some staples. And so with some of our staples are things like almond flour and coconut flour, um, things that we are, because we're grain-free, we wanted to, um, not have the the flowers that are so high in carb, and so um, we found um, online resources for that. Um, and um, food co-ops uh, that are in our area. There's um, Country Life Foods, which I know uh, is in the tri-state area here, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois. 
but you can just Google um, food co-ops for your area, and I am certain that you would find one one uh, food co-op that's in your area. They're all over. It's a great place to save money on. They um, they are a wonderful resources to really buy um, really cost-effective foods that you will need for your family, like flowers and alternative sweeteners, um, xylitol, even uh, raw nuts um, if you're sprouting nuts and doing things like that. Um, so that's that's one thing, food co-ops. Another food co-op that we participate in, I know is national, is Azure Standard. And I, I now there's controversy on how to say that name, so I'll spell it for you. It's A-Z-U-R-E, Azure or Azure Standard. And uh, you can uh, Google them and, and register with their site, and they can and, or, and call them and get their 800 number, and they can tell you if if there is a a drop near you, and they can explain to you how that works. It's very simple. It's a once a month delivery of of not only food that um, um, real food, but they also have fresh produce. Um, we buy our organic apples through Azure Standard, and uh, we we buy it in bulk because our family enjoys um, apples, and um, we. Um, get organic apples. Uh, I believe that last last I paid for a 20 pound bag of organic apples was $19 for um, for them. So that's a great deal. Um, also, our organic lemons um, are also through there. Um, some of our other, other organic produce uh, we've we've gotten through them, and that's just a, a, a really great um, cost saver. They also have wonderful bulk prices for coconut flour and almond flour as well. And so that's been our that's been our resource. Amazon has great resources. Um, once in a while, we do want an alternative sweetener. We we don't do it too often, but we do. And I found the best price for um, grade B maple syrup is uh, from Amazon, believe it or not. So for me, I just went and I just went online. I, I stayed in the comfort of my home and I went online and I I compared prices online and and found these resources to be quite helpful. And. Um, Kathy, tell me about some of the places you shop locally and uh, any online resources that you have. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to sound like a little parrot here, I think, but uh, our course has kind of gone the same way as Renee's, um, although I haven't gotten to Woodman's yet because that's a little bit farther for my family, and we have a big 15-passenger van, so I always have to factor in the price of gas along with that. <laughs> um, but it's definitely on my list because I just keep hearing so much about it. But what we've tried to do is just um, take that list of the dirty dozen that I know that you've um, posted on your site uh, a number of times, Erin. And for those that aren't, for those fruits and vegetables that aren't absolutely critical or the highest in pesticides, we just we do try to shop at Walmart or even sometimes Aldi has those, and that can save on those. And we uh, wash with a vegetable wash for those that we get there. And then it's um, for the dirty dozen. We try to get them through the various co-ops like Azure Standard or sometimes <clears throat> we were at Jewel not too long ago, and they had some organic Brayburn apples that were on sale for. A dollar ninety nine a pound, which was pretty good, and my kids really liked them, so we picked them up. And I think what Renee said about just comparing prices and getting an idea in your mind of what a good price for an organic product is, 
and then comparing things past there. I have a friend who occasionally will go to Costco, and so when she goes, she'll purchase the larger maple syrups. We found that that's a pretty good price there, although now with Renee mentioning um, Amazon, I might need to check that out and do another comparison. Um, And then we try to get our eggs through local farmers, but of course at this time of year, uh, that's a little bit more difficult because their production is down. And so at those times, we we try to do the best we can to get a free-range um, alternative at a store like Costco where we can buy in bigger bulk, and that's been a good option for us. But we also do a lot of online shopping. Um, this past year, we went. We actually went in on purchasing our grass-fed beef from a local farmer, and we bought a quarter of a cow, and went through a meat processing company to actually have that processed in the way that was most beneficial for our family with the cuts that we would use most often. And you know, we have that in the freezer, and that's carried us through the winter, and we still have it. And that was more economical to get the grass-fed meat. We have another source in this Midwestern area called Wallace Farms, which I know you've also had on your your site, Erin, and that's been a great resource for us as well. Go ahead. Did you want to say one more thing? No. Or Renee? Yeah, can I just speak to one more thing that was a big factor for us, Erin? We, uh, speaking of grass-fed beef, we also um, enjoyed Wallace Farms, and when you see the um when you see when we when you use your old paradigm of um the cost at like your local grocery store of beef and you compare it to a grass fed um or for our for instance for us we now even have gone to another level of beef and that's a green fed beef um and at some point maybe Aaron would talk about the difference maybe not in this podcast but maybe in another one but um there is a difference between the two and so there's there you know the price on those um it can be can be startling when you first do it, but again, um, I I can look back now and realize that um, one pound of beef in the traditional um, store would not have gotten our family past. Um, we would have to, we would have to buy two pounds in order to feed our family a five on whatever meal that we're we're having. Um, but now, strangely enough, and it is strange. Um, <laughs> I still get. I'm still remarked by it. One pound of beef um, serves us well as a family of five. So we cut our beef intake as far as um, what it used to cost per uh, for a meal was two pounds at a store. Let's say that was. I don't know. Let's. I don't remember now what it was. Let's say I used to buy the premium beef. Um, let's just say it ground, and I want to say let's say that was, um, you know, uh, four dollars a pound. I, I I actually don't remember how much it is a pound anymore, but. Um, and I would now now I spend eight dollars a pound on a green fed beef, um, but keep in mind I'm only eating we're only consuming half of what we used to, so it really comes out to be the same for our family, and um, we we enjoy a resource that allows us to get some incentive um, back for toward our grocery budget, and that is uh, Beyond Organic, and I I love their green fed beef, it, um, their cultured um, their cultured dairy as well. And um, they um, that that has been probably our our number one resource for for our family now because of the incentive programs that they have to um, be able to give us incentives for buying from them, and so it's really helped with our budget and helped us um, really shave off um, some of the costs. We actually 
enjoy the rewards that they provide for us because we are loyal customers. And so um, that's been a benefit. That's been a benefit that I didn't know going into this transition um, that I, I now look back and I'm so thankful for that we are actually cut, saving, not only saving money, but we're actually, um, you know, having some incentives for be, eating healthy. And that's, that's, a huge, that's a huge thing for us. Well, and Erin, if I could just add something about that sure. as well. <clears throat> just um, before, when I would go to the grocery store and get meat or chicken or whatnot, I wasn't really thinking about all the other things that those products contained. And I have six children. I have eight altogether. I have two older stepchildren. But as I brought some of that home, the more the realization through the education that I've gotten through being part of your classes and some of the other um, things in our healthy living community is that matters, you know, Here I am, I'm bringing home dairy products and meat products that have antibiotics and very unhealthy things. I've just noticed that as we've switched over to the more, to the natural products that my children's health is better and their development is at a more appropriate rate. Um, I'm trying to be sensitive with the way that I say that, but um, I, and I think it's because before they were getting a lot of stuff that they shouldn't have um, in their food, and so that's been just an added benefit for our family. And it really is worth the extra cost because we don't go to the doctor nearly as much, <laughs> and um, just my children's demeanors, their attitudes, their ability to learn, just everything has really improved. So it's it's been a good transition. And it does cost more, but it's been worth making the trade-off for us. It's It's been a slower transition, but as Renee said, once you get there, it all makes sense. Yeah, I, I know. I just can't um, echo enough all that you're sharing here. And we forget those... Um, you know, dollars that we're going to save or realize uh, that we don't spend as we go down the road of health. Um, America is getting sicker and sicker by the day because our food supply is getting worse and worse um, as far as addictive chemicals um, and things that are changing our very, you know, DNA and making us more addicted than cocaine. So, as we pull ourselves away from this, you know, white-knuckling it through one week and then you'll get through your addiction, then um, our body begins to heal. And I don't go to the doctor. You all don't go to the doctor. I mean, we have certain issues that, you know, we have that, you know, maybe we need to get thyroid hormone or maybe we need to get insulin, you know, but there's so many things that we can remove from um, our medicine cabinet And when you feel good, there's really no reason to go for an annual checkup, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. I'm not your doctor. But um, I just don't want anybody going on a fishing expedition in my body because they always find something that they need to, you know, further test, further test, further test. And I did that once. I allowed that fishing expedition. And $15,000 later, they're like, oh, it was nothing. So now I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not doing that to me again. (laughs) So I want to just go back through. I was making some notes on what you said, and um, I had a few comments and uh, a little bit more detail. But one um, book that I recommend is by Stanley Fishman, Tender Grass-Fed Meat, Traditional Ways to Cook Healthy Meat. 
If you are new to grass-fed, green-finished, green-fed, green-finished meat, you probably don't want to cook it the same way as the stuff coming out of your standard store because it's completely different and it cooks completely different. And so this book will help you to prepare delicious meat without ruining it and getting the most um, nutrition and flavor. So one thing to know um, from this book is there's, you know, advantages, um, there's cooking advantages when we're eating grass-fed beef. Grass-fed beef is denser and it's not nearly as watery as your factory or grain-fed and finished beef. And because of that, there's a few advantages, according to uh, Stanley Fishman. One is there's less shrinkage. Um, Grass-fed beef retains most of its volume when properly cooked with a dry heat method. In other words, there's very little shrinkage, whereas factory uh, animals fed grains, the beef shrinks dramatically when it's cooked with dry heat method. Um, unless it's extremely low heat. And so you may, that explains why what Renee said, um, you may cook two pounds of grocery store beef and you'll have, um, you know, about the same as one pound of grass-fed beef in the end after the cooking because of the water content and the grain that they're fed. Um, And... Grass-fed meat uh, browns beautifully on medium heat, so we don't need to, you know, flash the grill and and sear it and all that jazz. <laughs> that you can actually sauté your steak in butter in a pan, and it'll be delicious. It won't um, burn, and we won't be creating uh, ages, advanced glycation end products. Mm-hmm. Um, So when you look at after you cooked your first pound of grass-fed meat, you'll notice the difference um, in your pan. The uh, factory beef from the grocery store will release the water into the pan uh, when it's heated, and this interferes with the browning um, process, and it can ruin the taste and texture of the meat. So pick up that book. That will give you some great recipes um, on how to prepare your grass-fed meat. So now I'm going to go back through some of the things where we started um, Walmart. So Kathy has a good idea of um, the Dirty Dozen. You can find that list on ewg.org, environmentalworkinggroup.org, lists um, the fruits and vegetables that are the most um, treated with pesticides that we want to avoid. Those are the Dirty Dozen. And then the Clean 15 where they don't really use Um, pesticides in the growing process so you can just buy conventional and also at Walmart around here is Kerrygold grass-fed Irish butter. Um, The other places we have Kerrygold butter besides Walmart would be Costco and Trader Joe's Um, and you can also buy it online if you're not near any stores because I know that's an issue for some people where they don't live near anything and I think I live in Podunk, but, you know, it can be worse. You're on a mountain, and you don't come down off your mountain for a long time. So the Internet is your friend, and uh, a freezer is your friend, because when you do leave your uh, remote location, you're going to need to bring back a lot of food and store it. So um, Walmart, oh, Aaron, we're can not – yeah. 
Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, could I add one thing really quick, too, that I forgot, is that we um, we actually two years ago also started a family garden, um, and that has been really a wonderful family activity. So there are just some specific things, like we, we um, grow our broccoli, we grow our lettuces and spinach out there, and then those are also things that you can put in the freezer for when the weather months get colder and that that's helped as well. Great. Yeah, and for the people who don't have green thumbs, right. I don't. <laughs> and I just did it anyway. Anybody can dig a hole and throw in some seeds and, you know, you read a few <laughs> tips on the Internet and you can grow tomatoes, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, so also at Trader Joe's, um, the raw almond butter and raw nuts are very affordable and that's what I buy there. Um, good price on the you know, produce from Azure Standard, and I know also at Amazon they have a good price on um, sweet leaf stevia liquid drops. They have like a package of two four-ounce bottles. It's really super affordable. And so this all goes to say you have to track prices, and with you when you're shopping, you you will benefit by carrying a price book where I, you can do it any way you want. You can have each you know, store has its own section where you're just writing down, okay, I know at Whole Foods, that's the only place I can find uh, balsamic vinegar that doesn't have caramel coloring, um, you know, that is a carcinogen. And so I buy it there, note the price, and then when I'm buying things online, I can check and see if they have balsamic vinegar without caramel coloring. And then you'll recognize a sale when you see it, not Whole Foods, also known as Whole Paycheck. Um, Sometimes they have sales and they're phenomenal prices. And so if you know the prices uh, and you have your price book with you, you can load up on the sale. Um, So Amazon.com for the, you know, gray bee maple syrup and the sweetly stevia, but other things too. You can even check paper products. And what I've done is I signed up to be a prime customer and it's like 75 bucks a year and I never pay shipping on the products that carry that designation. And that has saved me lots in books and, you know, items that I buy. Um, and Renee was mentioning her daughter has a website with recipes that are grain-free, sugar-free, only real food. And the website is kelseyscreations.blogspot.com and Kelsey with a K, K-E-L-C-I-E-S, creations with a K, dot blogspot.com. Lots of recipes there. And you mentioned the food co-op that, um, you know, being Azure Standard and Country Life, But if those aren't in your area, you can go to a website and find a co-op in your area, and it's called coopdirectory.org, coopdirectory.org. And um, that, you know, you should be able to find something in your area. There's um, also CSA, Community Supported Agriculture, and the you pick kind of farms. Um, the CSA is how I get my eggs in the winter. Um, the farmer that comes to my farmer's market, uh, when he's not here because it's snowing, then he will um, set up a CSA where we commit to what we're going to buy in terms of dollars 
for six months and give him the money up front. And I didn't want any meats or anything like that because I have uh, other sources, but I don't have a source for eggs. So I committed to, um, along with two friends, we get 30 dozen eggs delivered once a month, and they're fresh and, and last until the next delivery. Well, actually, I probably should have gotten 12 dozen because that's how many I go through uh, pretty easily. But you can find a CSA and the UPIC uh, type of places at this website, organicconsumers.org, organicconsumers.org. And if you're in this uh, Midwest area, um, Renee and Kathy mentioned wallacefarms.com um, out of Iowa, and they bring the food out to you once a month. It's not a mail order situation. Um, the only thing you can mail order from them is their beef sticks, which are phenomenal snack foods that don't need refrigeration. And that's a different website. It's Nick's, N-I-C-K-S-Sticks, S-T-I-C-K-S dot com. And buy them by the hundreds, and that will save you, and they will last. Um, very good dating on them, too. Um, the other place you can order meat from and have it delivered to your home is uswellnessmeats.com. And the thing I buy from here is liverwurst. And I buy um, probably you know $80 worth of liverwurst at a time because the minimum order is $75. And I have a freezer. And if you don't have a freezer, get a freezer. It's a really low-cost investment so that you can stock up on things. And then Renee mentioned Beyond Organic and the fact that it um, is the green-fed beef. Um, every day of their life, they're eating the right thing and they're not finished on any grains. They're treated right. They're slaughtered biblically. Um, and so they don't have all the stress hormones in them, uh, in the meat, when they're slaughtered. And the um, website for that is Suero, S-U-E-R-O, dot my, beyond, organic, dot com. Suero, S-U-E-R-O, dot my, beyond, organic, dot com. And um, there's other things like raw cheese, uh, raw sprouted, you know, organic snacks, and it's all grain-free. The animals are A2. Uh, if you're familiar with the book or the article called The Devil in the Milk, you will appreciate that this is a hypoallergenic dairy, that they're making a drinkable yogurt called Amasi, the raw cheese and the whey uh, for cleansing that is from A2 cows. And that is unheard of in America where we have A1 cows and we're all sensitive to the casein in those cows. Um, so, and thank you for the idea on the garden. Even if it's a rooftop garden, a porch garden, a container garden, get something growing, including sprouting. Um, you know, buy some mung beans and get a jar, and you can make your own fresh, you know, sprouts. Um, so, a couple other things. Um, tell me about cooking. Do you have any? Do you use a crock pot? Let me ask Renee or any cooking tips that you can share. Okay, now you're going to catch me. <laughs> I um, have been blessed to have a daughter who loves to 
to cook. So I have been um, delegated to other duties in my home, and cooking is not one of them. But um, I believe she really does a lot of on-the-stove cooking, but we have done crock-pot cooking, um, and that does make it easy for, um, especially like for chicken, um, taking a frozen chicken, whole chicken, putting it in a crock-pot and uh, letting it, you know, go overnight, and by the morning it just falls apart off the bone, and we use the bones for then making our bone broth. So, um, yes, that's a great tool. Okay. <laughs> and Kathy, um, what kind of yeah. cooking? We, we do the same. We, we we do the same. We we do do you know a fair amount of crock pot cooking just because having a busy school day, it's nice to have something planned. Put it in the crock pot in the morning and then just have to maybe make the vegetables for dinner unless you put those in the crock pot as well. So we buy the free-range chickens from a local farmer and we'll do the same thing, put it in the morning and then use the bones for bone broth that we can then use in other soups and stocks. Um, We like to make our chili and make it in a big quantity and then we can just freeze it and warm it up in the crock pot during the day. And then, you know, we'll make some of those grain-free almond flour muffins to go along with it. So very similar. I don't do quite as much stovetop cooking, um, more trying to put things in the oven to bake. So there's one recipe that I make that's Mediterranean chicken. We just use the um, free-range chicken, and it has peppers and onions and um, tomatoes in it, and we just let it cook for a long time, and it's very, very tender and good. And it's simple, and the kids like it, which is always the big thing. We like them to enjoy it. And I've just found, too, that because we're spending more time eating real food, you know, it does take more time to prepare, but we're doing that together as a family. And so it's it's kind of become a family activity instead of mom just making the meals and then the kids coming to eat them. Well, I need you to chop this and you to <laughs> cut this up mm-hmm. and you to put this together. And so it, it's getting us back together again around the kitchen table, and that's been another added benefit. Right. And, you know, the crock pot, it, it can, you know, be a lifesaver if you know you're not going to be home in time to do any kind of prep having, um, you know, something you can put in a crock pot in just some, you know, fashion with some vegetables and it will become dinner by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also allows you to buy the cheaper cuts of meat, the big, fatty, tough cuts, you know, the pork shoulder and beef chuck and make something delicious out of them. And that is a way to save. You don't have to buy filet mignon. Um, You know, we're just looking for animals raised the right way and we can happily take the less expensive cuts and make something wonderful from them, especially if you have a book like Tender Grass-Fed Meat. Um, Other less expensive um, protein sources, you know, would be the liver, but you want it to be from a grass-fed animal. And if you're not, um, you know, squeamish about the thought, it's something to definitely learn to love because it's one of the most nutrient-dense foods there is if it's from an animal raised the right right way. Otherwise, you don't want to get anywhere near it because it's the detox organ. And if it's a conventional liver, it's loaded with stuff you don't want to eat. 
Um, so sardines would be another great um, source for protein that is not super expensive. And, you know, you can have that with um, um, stone ground mustard or a salsa. You can mash it up with some mayonnaise and think that it's tuna fish. And it's just an amazing source of omega-3s as well to help um, benefit your whole body. So I don't think grass-fed is a luxury for the wealthy or the upper middle class at all. I think it's a luxury uh, that anybody can enjoy if they're creative and buying, you know, part of a cow is an excellent way to get very affordable meat. So if you have access to a farmer's market, that would be where to find a farmer. But a lot of you don't, you know, you're city dwellers, and you can visit eatwild.com and find um, a place that you can get to to purchase part of a cow. Now, this um, might mean a road trip for you. It will be worth it, even if you had to, you know, travel a great distance to get this, get it home to your freezer. And another um, website is localharvest.org to find your own farmers. And so don't make excuses. Don't say, I live here, I live there, I can't, we don't have stores, I don't have money, because we're addressing all of that. We're not letting you off the hook. You must eat real food if you want to enjoy good health. So um, even in the conventional store, if that's the only thing you can get, and sometimes I'm in a pinch and I will be seen buying meat at the grocery store and um, and so I'm, I know for shame. I, I know, but there's no Fruit Loops in my cart, that's for sure. But the meat that um, we buy at the grocery store, we don't want to eat the fat. Then, if we have to buy that meat, then you want to buy lean meat and cut the fat off because of the toxins being stored in the fat. And um, so you can buy meat at the edge of the expiration date because that's when grocery stores will mark it down and then just put it all in your freezer right away unless you're going to eat it that night and that will save you some money because it's better to get the best meat you can afford than to be um, a vegetarian because your health will decline because there's certain nutrients that are only going to be available from animal foods in the right proportions. Another tip I got off of the paleo hacks um, was at the end of the deer season, you know, around here, that's, you know, Thanksgiving, when the deer hunters take their um, deer to a processing center to um, have it processed, sometimes those hunters never pick up their meat. And so if you look around, uh, call your local processing center and see if they have some meat that was never picked up. And all you'll have to do is pay a small processing fee. In this case, the person said they paid $65 to have the meat processed, and then they had a freezer full of meat for $65 that is, you know, free-range uh, deer. And if you don't like the taste of wild game, there's cooking tips, you know, like using uh, Bragg's liquid aminos and uh, doing different um you know, dips and things in it to kind of calm that down. So that, to me, was a great tip. And even visiting um, the butcher and asking for bones so you can make bone broth. Um, so there's a website called paleoonabudget.com 
that has recipes and ideas uh, for you know things like roasted chicken, meatloaf, pork tenderloins, you know chicken soup, stir fry, things that you know are just basic American fare that we can all enjoy. Um, so Renee, tell me what's been coming to your mind while I've been blabbing on here. No, I think it's um, one of the best benefits of uh, transferring your um, your eating to healthy living and real food is the benefit of not being alone. I love the resources that I glean from people that are walking this road with me. And if you are um, on, on your own on this in your community, um, I bet you'll be surprised at once you start to hook up with some of these um, wonderful resources that Erin that just said. Um, you'll be surprised at how many people might be in your local area. And the best way to do that is by, you know, finding out where your local food co-op is, and you'll be able to meet some people who are doing, you know, same or similar things that you're doing. And with that, you glean information from one another. And that's been the best benefit for us is this whole wonderful community of people that we have been able to um, to meet um, just because we need – each other. We need to find out where did you get the best price on things, and um, you, we, not one person can possibly contain all the information. And so um, we're going to need to glean from one another. And I appreciate you, Erin, having these podcasts and and being really the instrument of of that in our community and really now nationally. Um, it has just been a wonderful benefit, and uh, definitely appreciate that. And Kathy, do you have any other thoughts uh, that we haven't talked about that were coming to mind? No, I would just agree again with what Renee said. And even today, I would say thank you to you again, Erin, because even today as we were on this podcast, I was taking my notes on things um, that you shared. And, and I think that's it. Just keep your ears and eyes open, get connected with that community, and you're just going to keep adding to that list of resources that you can go to, people that have maybe been down a road that you are going down, but they've been there and come through it. And um, the more connected you get, the more resources that you have and the easier and more doable this whole thing is. Amen. I think this has been really beneficial. I do have a ebook that I bought that had a lot of these same tips in it with more explanation. And you can find that online. It's called Primal Tightwad by Carolyn Rush. And uh, the website is primaltightwad.com. And um, it was endorsed by Nora Gedgaudis, um, who said, I guarantee you that the healthiest possible eating is yours and fully affordable if you so much as apply a fraction of the incredible information in these pages. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, if you apply a fraction of the information that Renee and Kathy have shared, um, these are money-saving strategies for food shopping, you know, storing your food, preparing it, uh, basic recipes that is in this ebook. Um, and the community, I'll just underline that. Um, if you don't have a community, I think there's two way, three ways. Maybe if you have a farmer's market, talking with them, saying, I'm trying to find some people who are eating this meat, you know, and can you give me some names? And they know because we all hang out, talk with our farmer. <laughs> the other way is um, WestonAPrice.org, W-E-S-T-O-N-A, Price, P 
ericeorg That's how I got a connection with some local sources for real food, and they have local chapters, which is what you want to look for on there to find a local chapter and call or email the chapter leader and say, I want to meet some people in my area. I want to find out where to buy this good meat, and if you want raw milk, you know, where do you get it? And they'll have all the resources, and it was a phenomenal find for me. Even though the group was a half hour away, it really got me in touch with some some other people. Um, so, you know, become a part of a local community. Check out westonaprice.org. But also um, the meetup uh, groups, you can uh, do a search on, on that, and there's meetup, you know, people who are just like you, who are in a driving distance most likely to you. And, you know, walk the path with people who are a little bit farther down it than you so you can learn from them, share resources, bulk buy. Um, you know, we mentioned the coconut flour and almond flour. We bulk buy that together, like 25 pounds, and then it ends up being $4 a pound for almond flour. Or, or buy the big bag um, of raw almonds from Costco and grind it yourself. You know, take it a step further to save even a few more, um, you know, dollars. So I want to thank you, Kathy and Renee, for being a part of the show today. Thank you, Erin. Thank you, Erin. It's been great. So my website is getbetterwellness.com. Sign up for the newsletter there, and there is a page for classes. On that, you'll find information for the event tonight with Josh Axe and upcoming events. And the next podcast is actually tomorrow. I have a special guest, um, Darlene Kavist from Minnesota, Nutritional Weight and Wellness, talking about the food mood connection and a podcast next Wednesday where we're actually going to continue the conversation that we started today with um, another guest or two, and that will be the 27th. So thank you, everybody. Have a great day, and I wish you healthy and good eating. Bye-bye.